Welcome to The Event Brew, where event professionals from different backgrounds talk about the latest, most controversial, and interesting topics dominating the minds of the industry right now. This is a candid conversation, the likes of which can only otherwise be found late at night in host hotel lobby bars during industry conferences. So relax and drop in on what event pros really say when no one else is around. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event management company that tells you how it really is. Now, let's brew something up. Hi, everybody. Uh, this is another episode of Event Brew, and I'm just remembering how things work again after being off for a week uh, of uh, ketchup. Uh, I experienced ketchup, and we'll tell you later about what I was catching up from. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm here with uh, Will Tui and Dustin, all the same companies they were at the last episode that you heard. Yeah, things haven't changed that much. Um, I think if anything, most of us are uh, more resolute in the places that we're at uh, than anything else as far as uh, them being a, a real a real place that we'll have, uh, you know, at least a few months more to stay around. So that's good. This time last year, who knows, right? Uh, so uh, talking about some positive things, talking about uh, optimism, returns, and to do that, we need to drink something. So what are we drinking, everyone? I'll kick. I'll kick off. I'm so I'm I'm drinking my normal David Rio chai right now. But I had some really exciting news, Nick. You're gonna be so proud of me. I I we had a a quest to try to find out what energy drink replaced Mountain Dew's Amp drink. So we went to a grocery store and bought like all the Mountain Dew energy drinks. And I tried Kickstart and Rise. And those were the two most disgusting things I've ever drank in my entire life. Oh. That's so disappointing. I love both. I had uh, here's a Kickstart right here. Uh, that was that's the exact that one two, I drank. The like ma- two Mountain Dews ago. Tro- yeah. Uh, oh my I had some uh, Baja Blast earlier today. Now that I'll drink like normal Mountain Dew. Normal Mountain Dew is good, but like the the what was it? The Kickstart tasted like orange juice with like stale Mountain Dew in it, and the other one yeah. was better. You make it sound I bad. Was, I was wired. We were watching the Suns game, and I was like, "Yeah, let's go!" Oh my gosh, like even more than usual. It was just. <laughs> It was intense. Yeah. Huh. It's funny. Well, it's I, I've been a sign that says, who cares? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I like Rise actually better than Kickstart, uh, which I liked uh, better than Amp. So I think Mountain Dew is going in the right direction for my life. Oh, uh, I, I found out that uh, like people with ADHD and, and caffeine have like a different relationship to it oftentimes, mm-hmm. uh, that it doesn't really make you go crazy. It just kind of like evens you out a bit. It actually does like a little bit less of the the manic stuff and more of the focus. So it's interesting. I didn't really realize until this last year that I've been uh, self-medicating uh, for all these years. Uh, but that said, I, it's uh, it's 7.20 p.m. and I'm just drinking a, a 20-ounce cup of coffee because uh, <gasps> coming down off that uh, energy drink high and just mellowing out with some late-night coffee. Well, well, wait, well, this is, this is up, like I'd why we created the show is to talk about coffee and maybe yeah. alcohol. Here's a coffee. Like, this is exciting. Nick's drinking coffee. So what, what kind of coffee are you drinking? What kind of beans? It's Oh man, you get you get super excited about this because I'm like really particular in what I drink, and it really matters. So this is this is Folgers in my cup. <laughs> I, uh, I saw like that a coming. Half and half, whole milk. <laughs> oh no 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 no! So frequently, I've been on this uh, kick lately because I'm a purist, uh, and I've been having uh, cinnamon toast crunch uh, flavored creamer. Um, oh my god! Coming right off of uh, a, about a month straight of um, 
Fruity Pebbles, uh, which I didn't like, but I like the chocolate. What's the chocolate Fruity Pebbles? Uh, uh, Cocoa Pebbles. Cocoa Pebbles, yeah. yeah. Cocoa Pebbles uh, creamer. Um, I had that for quite some time. And now I'm in like just this vanilla cinnamon thing, which is not as exciting, but I don't think they really go as weird in the summer. Um, I think that once it hits the fall again, I'll likely find some other sort of cereal brand, maybe, um, you know, maybe Cheetos. Who knows? I mean, the... the <laughs> Where are we going to go from hot here? Cheetos. It, hot, hot, che- oh, hot Cheetos. I was hot Cheetos. My wife was like, yesterday, my wife's like, what are you eating? And I turned over the can and she saw it. And she's like, oh, my God. I was eating uh, a Wendy spicy chicken flavored Pringles. And she's just like, what? <laughs> shakes her head. She never knows what it's going to be. But if it's like absolutely like it sounds gross uh, and offensive, uh, it's like that's uh, an instant buy. So, so what's yeah. what do you pair with that? that? Great question. Is, the coat, the like the cereal flavored creamer. Is it just like? Are you making it on your like? Because I'm imagining it's like you know when you get done with the cereal, the cocoa it's pebbles that. at the end of it, and it's just the milks all like, you got it chocolate milk at that point. Is that what basically yeah. it is? That hundred percent. That would probably like. 10 oh, I gave it to my. Flavor. Oh yeah, infinitely more uh, like potent. I gave like a and like an ounce or less to my kids, and they were like, "Oh, I want to drink this now forever," and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm gonna lock this up." <laughs> Because this is for uh, this is for kids to crack. Only oat milk on. for and, you uh, and me. Because you don't yeah. even give your children that many gallons of milk of that as Will was drinking about six months ago. Yeah, I, uh, I, they, they eat better than I do, so feel good about that. So I don't have to go to jail. How's about everyone else as far as the the, the less poisonous uh, beverages they're consuming? I hope. I'm drinking water. I'm just going <laughs> to leave it at that. Next. <laughs> just tap wa- Canadian oh tap my water. Goodness. The cool, crisp Canadian H2O, as always. I'm still in dry June, so doing my part. Dry June. Sorry. Not a thing. (laughs) Well, you guys are being proud of me because this is probably more of the unhealthier thing I've drank. Uh, Tea Horse Road, Seven Teas. It's organic wildflower honey matcha, lightly sweetened. (gasps) So there's six grams of sugar. Oh, Oh, you're just going crazy today. (laughs) Wow. Control yourself. I don't have enough (laughs) room I could barely type because I have so many cans uh, laying around from this (laughs) afternoon. But uh, good for you for your six grams. That's crazy. So what's it called exactly? I'm worried about you, Nick. You're going to like... Uh, it's called Seven Teas, presented by T Horse Road. Interesting. Okay. I, it was on sale at Whole Foods. Hmm. Hmm. It sounds good. Yeah, I, I, I'll right. try it next time. Go, next time I'm at Whole Foods, I find myself uh, uh, in it uh, buying some drinks uh, in anticipation of a trip that I had two weeks ago to do a segue. And uh, one of my rituals that I was trying to remember. Uh, was okay. Where do I pack? How do how do I even pack? How, what is packing? Yeah. And I was like, well, I usually buy a couple couple five hour energies and a couple like breakfast bar type things and throw them in my bag because mm-hmm. you know I frequently wake up and I'm like, I need something now to be able to get to the next stage. Uh, and uh, so I, I bought some five hour energies and did that. And then I'll, I'll accelerate this and we'll go backwards a little bit. Uh, play with a little bit of the time here, but. Uh, I found myself going to bed <laughs> earlier uh, at while I was at uh, MPI's WEC and waking up earlier, and I'm like, "Oh man, I don't know how to I don't know how to conference anymore. It's real, <laughs> it's real, like it's real amateur hour. Like I had to rebuild everything from scratch because I was like, well, it's uh, you know, like th- this is the most like yokel dad stuff. I'm like, well, it's midnight my time, so time to go to bed. Uh, and I was waking up at like five in the morning, and I'm like, oh, I better start doing some work. And I could just remember the last, you know, 16 or 17 years of me going to conferences where it's like, 
oh man, I should probably go to bed because the conference starts in like an hour or two and I should probably do something about all this sweat from the last day and try not to smell like alcohol. And this time I'm like, I think I'll have one drink and have a nightcap and hit the hay. It was real dorky uh, and I felt bad about it a little bit. But I also realized that I just spent like a year and a half living in my home, working in my home, not leaving the city and I just didn't know how to behave. It was it was strange. And that's that's what before we even get into the conference itself, which is one of the things we wanted to talk about was uh, M- MPI's uh, big WEC conference. Um, have have you guys done any travel? Um, I mean, I think I know I for sure know that Tui has. Have you done any travel where that you had that weird feeling of like, wait, did I pack everything? Like, how do I pack? Mm. Yeah, when I, I went to Mexico, I went to Mexico in December was not was not a very popular trip amongst my peers and, <laughs> <laughs> uh i think half for jealousy and half for like you shouldn't be traveling you're so irresponsible sure. blah, blah, blah. but i did it anyways and it happened uh yeah i sure sweat over trying to figure out where my passport was because i'm used to using it a lot mm-hmm. and uh yeah i did there was a few things that i was just like what do you like what do you take and do and yeah and by that time i had just like unpacked all of my travel stuff like I'm used to traveling so much that I just keep things like yeah, I that's have, a, like travel things. Go. I've yeah, got two of everything, go bag. and it's just yeah, the go bag was destroyed because as things went on, I was like, oh, I don't need to buy more of this. I've got it in my go bag. So oh, I find that, that I brought less yeah. stuff, by the way. Like I used to bring like every conceivable wire, uh, an adapter, mm-hmm. and all these other things. And this time I was just like, yeah, you know what? Most of the time I just live off my phone. I think I'm just gonna bring my mostly my phone. And I, I just didn't like over anticipate. It was like, I think that years and years of just being like, well, I, I guess I need this dongle now too because of one experience. So that mm. gets added to the bag and then this gets added to the bag. And then all of a sudden I had like half a bag that was always filled full of like, uh, like, well, what if I need uh, throat lozenges or if I need this or vitamin C or like all the things just in case. And then this time I was like, ah, it's a couple of days. I'll be fine. It was really weird. Like I brought half a suitcase for some reason. Oh, I, I see in the beginning of January, like 2021, I for, totally forgot how to travel. I didn't bring my <laughs> global entry. I didn't. I had to go through like normal lines and that TSE pre-check. And there were so many things I forgot how to do. But I actually just finished unpacking from a live event. And one thing I will say about WEC, it was the first time where I saw so many groups of people taking photos with masks. I was uh, completely shamed. And was very cautious about posting photos when I was traveling mm-hmm. in the beginning of this year. And after WEC, seeing everyone's content uh, made me feel completely comfortable, like sharing that I'm also not masked and at these events. They brought that up. So, like at the uh, on the main stage, right when it opened up, they brought up the fact that the WEC in 2020 was uh, their kind of I don't want to say experiment, but like their their foray into like what's possible. Like we, they said that they felt like a a pressure based on being the largest uh, in, uh, association in the events industry to if there is a way to do a live event um, that they felt the pressure that they had to do it. Which over the last year, I was saying I think that if you have to do an event or whatever, uh, do it and make it safe. It just isn't an event I would want to attend because I feel like the intrinsic value in face-to-face experiences when literally half your face is uh covered and you have to be away from people like it just isn't there like i don't i don't get the roi um so i didn't i didn't want to attend their point of view was look we are 
you know, we're this representative of if it can be done, we need to do it uh, in order to be able to create this, um, I guess, positive, um, you know, uh, impression. And they, they said, like, they, there was not a single person that could be traced back to uh, WEC 2020 uh, that was uh, that received COVID based on the attendance there. So they said that was, you know, a pretty unequivocal unequivocal. Uh, uh, win, uh, which I guess that's true. Um, I mean, I don't. I don't think. I don't. They also mentioned the fact that there were people out there specifically looking to tear them down for mm-hmm. doing that. Uh, so they are, they were aware, and we we all know that that's the truth as well. Mm-hmm. And that uh, you know their point of view was like everyone. The eyes were on them, and uh, they had to have their you know do everything, cross their eyes and dot their t's. Um, but they did it. And uh, no one's ever going to probably celebrate that, right? Which is an interesting thing. Like they, I, I, yeah. I was thinking about this. Like, imagine the last event that was like, "Hey guys, we didn't have any stage collapses last year. Let's go!" <laughs> right? You know, like Zero. think yeah. about that. Like that, yeah. it's like kind of a one hundred percent of the stages did not collapse. Yeah, Everybody yeah. Cheer for me. We're proud to say there was no sexual harassment that happened at our event. Go team! Well, if it was <laughs> a Comic Con, that's actually pretty pretty remarkable. But uh, I'll take your point that like that usually doesn't seem like a um, you know like that's not that's a low bar. But at the same point, we're talking about the idea that a a microorganism can travel from person to person uh, just by contact within a few feet. Uh, so yeah, it's not yeah. necessarily no, like I'm getting. I just stage... I think it's just such a yeah, weird, I know, I know. Weird I get world it. to live in. So yeah. yeah, to celebrate <laughs> so, that win that we we got no one sick. I mean. Uh, yeah, I, I think I've worked for F and B outfits that probably should brag about the times that that's the case. But uh, <laughs> suffice to say, uh, and certainly McDonald's should probably do that every morning. You know, like, hey, we got we got no one sent no one to the hospital today. Um, but they, you know, I really thought about that. I'm like, yeah, you know what? They had a lot more to lose than gain um, by putting on last year's event, uh, but yeah. they did it anyway out of principle, seemingly. Uh, or, or edict or, or what have you, because it wasn't financial. Like, I, I think I, I'm pretty sure based on all everything I saw and, and by the numbers even of this year that they didn't come out ahead financially a lot last year yeah. by doing that event. I was wondering that. Yeah, yeah. it's very likely that that they they did it at a loss. Yeah. They, so they they, they said they, they, they uh, cut 40 percent of their staff. And they said that on stage. Mm. That's not a rumor or whatever. They said that that's true. Oh. And they said that everyone in this room, you know, in that instance, probably had to do similar things. And they all have similar stories. And, you know, it's just part of it's part of what you have to do to, to maintain the viability of a business. You have to do what you have to do. Uh, and they said that they have some, you know, they plans for recovery, their recovery as far as uh, getting to uh, where they were in 2019 scaling, potentially, as far as staffing wouldn't wouldn't even be a thing potentially until 2025 based on their projections Mm -hmm. um which is honest again you know nice thing about associations frequently is especially if you're a member you know like you're you're unlike a a, uh corporation you you get uh unless you're a shareholder you don't get you know much information about this stuff um right they were pretty honest even even if you're a shareholder yeah it's it's still the information true enough um on both sides of that uh but yeah so uh it's uh it, it was it, it was refreshingly candid everywhere you went. Actually, uh, everyone mm-hmm. was um, there wasn't a lot of pretense. I remember the first episode we did uh, of this podcast about the idea of busy and, and saying you're busy, and the whole point of that was somewhat oftentimes to put on airs and to um, to exude um, that everything is optimal. Um, people weren't doing that; they were optimistic, almost universally. Mm-hmm. But no one was yeah. lying, you know. Right. And that was that was right. refreshing. Interesting. Right. 
Um, do you think, I didn't really notice any sort of negative, um, negative posts or comments about WEC going forward. Did you see anything at all? I, I saw lots of like, I was, lots of posts. I know so a lot of people were attending it virtually still. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting. It's almost a, a diametric flip uh, between 2020 and 2021 of uh, virtual to face to face. Um, they, they purported to have 1400 virtual attendees to 2020, uh, with about uh, 500 and so, uh, in face to face. And then this year they, they purported to have 1400, um, in person, uh, with about 600, uh, in virtual. So almost, almost wow. identical flip, uh, which is an interesting thing unto itself. Yeah. Um, not looking at yeah, data. That's a stat worth, that's a stat worth writing down. Cause that's, I think there's a lot of people that are in that position right now where you're looking at your you're looking at your digital event taking it back to in person and trying to figure out where the value is in running them both uh together projections are tough right now for sure i think for a lot of people mm-hmm. and i think that you need to you need to look they, at anything they continue to be tough yeah <laughs> for the foreseeable future yeah honestly we're still yeah. in the eye of the the storm so to speak so uh or not maybe we're just coming out of that um what we're in is this kind of like uh rubber band back the other way uh, so if anything, there is somewhere of the discrepancies as far as behavior is somewhere with some people are still um, a little nervous uh, or some people, when it comes to international events, have uh, you know stipulations that make it difficult for them to travel. Uh, and then there is this mm-hmm. other side of the like overwhelming optimism to go to anything uh, because right. they can. So like those two forces are, are basically making the data that, of what's happening right now, in my opinion, sort of. Um, right. Not super valuable, but I, I you know, I would, starting now, I'd start paying attention more to those things. You know, something I realized, I just realized when you mentioned this, like how it's kind of changed is I noticed this today when I was talking to somebody about how I, I heard that they were going to be at Educon. And it was just like, normally you assume they're going to be there in person. So I asked them, I said, hey, oh my oh. gosh, you're going to be in Phoenix. Like we should meet up. And they're like, oh no, I'm attending virtually. And the same like t- sentiments Felt like the same kind of thing that happens when you say, hey, are you going to Educon? They go, oh, no, I'm not going this year. I'm just really busy. And you're like, oh, this sucks. It mm-hmm. felt like that same level of like right. what it's going to be it's like. like so, well, you're not really going. Then. Yeah, it's almost like now yeah. I have to figure out how to way to design my events to make it so then the virtual attendee doesn't feel like, like how am I going to meet mm-hmm. up and met, met, network that Granted, this is somebody yeah. that I can talk to anytime on Slack you know, and, and, and message them real quick. So there isn't this thing like, I'm oh, I need to meet them or something like that. In fact – We'll probably just go to the conference, start one virtually, one in person, and then afterwards we'll probably sync up and see each other like normal. So that's yeah, that's just such a fascinating mm-hmm. thing. I was just thinking yes. about same thing that happened. Same thing happened to Lisa and I. Uh, Lisa Marks, we presented for BizBash at Connect, and we were presenting from my studio in Calgary. But all these people kept messaging like, "Oh my God, you're going to be in Vegas for BizBash," and I was like, "No." And they're like, oh. <laughs> and then did you end up like, like no. anything, any business propel forward from BizBass Connect? Like other than the presenting piece of it. But did anything like as in a virtual attendee did propel you forward? Yeah. I, you know, I, I wish I would have participated a little bit more. Okay. But I was kind of hustled, hustled in and out of the program for because of my own schedule. But um, but yeah, we were there on behalf of Ilea. Um, and yeah, and it, it was great. We got lots of great feedback. So. So I want to ask Nick a question. Sorry to bring back to WC. Um, Nick, what was one thing that you saw that you're like, huh, that was cool? Uh, you know, I don't think it had – I shouldn't say that. I mean, I, I guess I'll be honest. I mean, it didn't have that moment to me. I, 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 was, I was so 
I, I, so disillusioned by the idea of content that I barely took part in it. Uh, I felt like what do you 2020. Mean by that? <clears throat> so 2020, I felt like I got, I received, I, I consumed more content concerning the events industry than any other year I've ever had. I felt like every day there was uh, organizations that were, you know, had nothing else to do but create tons and tons of content daily, live. Uh, all of a sudden, they're popping up live on LinkedIn and live here and, and doing this webinar and that webinar. And I was just like, oh, I, I get it. I, I know a lot of this. And also, by the way, whatever someone says about events uh, in, in July of 2020 and in uh, June of 2021, it's there's nothing has changed in the event scene. So, like, there hasn't been anything, you know, like groundbreaking right. or new. Uh, other than maybe right. technology, so it's like there's not. It's not like there's any great examples. We've been in this like static point. So I, right. I, I just kind of avoided the content because I'm like, man, I don't miss content. I miss yeah. people. So I, I I made the hallways where I lived the entire time. I, I just mm-hmm. walked around and talked to people, and I saw people their new roles and new positions because there was a lot of that, a lot mm-hmm. of that. Um, which when you see it. You know, it's different than like every week going into LinkedIn of seeing like where, you know, who switched which job and you're going like, oof, boy, what a year uh, every single week. But uh, it's another thing when you actually see them in person and you're like, oh, yeah, you got a new name tag and, and a new crew you're rolling with and uh, whatever else. It was uh, that was pretty crazy. But, yeah, no, it was uh, it was the, the thing that really blew me away was the fact that like no one was squeamish whatsoever. Like I, I had no one who was uh, trying to pull away or look the other direction or whatever else there was hugs everywhere you could see. Uh, and now disproportionate group, right? Like don't think that all your client events are going to be like that because these are people who are geared towards recovery and, and wanting this really, really badly. Uh, so oftentimes not the best people to, you know, get your feelings of how the rest of the world will be. Um, they're on the extreme end of the mm-hmm. other one, but, um, they had a function in the middle of the, at the beginning of the event where they ask everybody to stand up if you were someone who uh, is comfortable with hugging or getting close and shaking hands and stuff like that. And I would say like 95% of the people stood up and they had these like four different kind of like groupings of which they even gave like cutesy little uh, a flair for your badge uh, to say which kind of person you were. And they made these like personas up, which was fun. Uh, and uh, the which by the way, these like we have to do the same thing for Educons. Gonna have wristbands like red, yellow, green. I was like, it's like a stoplight party. All over totally unnecessary. <laughs> by the way, totally it's unnecessary. so unnecessary. I mean, it, it's a function of like doing their due diligence, and I think we're in this awkward middle phase. Uh, I'm just mm-hmm. going to tell you, based on MPI, uh, WEC, a hundred percent of the people were totally fine with it. In in my experience, mm-hmm. uh, it's wow. done mm-hmm. as far as that group. Yeah, not everywhere. It probably will. But it'll there. probably depend. A, a bit on the destination too. Totally, the mood of the destination being in Vegas, they were back to a hundred percent, right? Yeah, uh, so the only places that we technically had to usual. wear masks were Ubers, uh, in which every Uber driver, which is was like, super. Don't, you don't have to wear your mask. I talked about how about it. confusing it is. By the way, that you're like, I've been wearing a mask, and all of a sudden you're like out at a bar, and you're like I need to call an Uber to go home, and you're like, I don't have a mask. Oh, we <laughs> didn't have one. So J C York and I were at. Uh, one of the parties uh, at a pool and we were going to like, oh, let's go to the top of the uh, Eiffel Tower because we had time to do that, um, you know, because like I just never have done that before for some reason because it's like, eh, whatever. Uh, so we were going to do it and uh, we we need to do there fast. So we we're like, well, let's take an Uber instead of walk. And uh, as soon as like we called it, he looked at me. He's like, do you have a mask? And I'm like, no, I didn't bring a mask. Like who brings masks anywhere? Uh, mm-hmm. and uh, so comfortable in my new 2021 life. Uh, <laughs> so we had to buy one at, like, a, a place that, you know, really quickly. Oh, wow. 
Yeah. I mean, then we got into Uber. Go, just go to the like, front desk of the hotel. Oh, front desk. Yeah, the guy's like, yeah, we don't have any to give Oh, he didn't. Oh, that's Because the Ubers, the same deal. Because it, it's weird. It's just because yeah, that city is like so Uber heavy. Um, but the mm-hmm. uh, so we got in the Uber. The guy's like, you don't have to wear a mask. We're like, oh, great. Cool. So a, a real pro tip, chat through Uber to see if your guy actually cares. Oh, that's it. smart. Just message him ahead of time. Hey, I don't have a mask. Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah, sure, you're good. Okay, that. good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. Or just... Yeah. Just put a mask in your back pocket, and then you. Have I mean, to... do that, right? I mean, sure. but you have to remember to do that because it's like it's just so far behind you now at this point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who knows yeah. in a, in a month or two if that's still going to be a thing? But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, ultimately there wasn't like this big moment. Um, like they brought Usher was like a, a you know presenter, which was like a kind of a thing because eh, you know what? Uh, I mean, obviously it was a little stunty. Hey, it's a great headline. Yeah, yeah, it's a name. It's, a great it's yeah, it's like I, I see those things sometimes, and I'm just like, oh, it's a stunt casting as far as uh, you know, getting a name to be like, well, they they did their due diligence. It's like, well, he has a residency there. They just called him downstairs, but uh, yeah. he he actually had some. Um, he he actually knew who he was talking to, which is incredibly rare at that level. Um, like yeah. he he thought about it and was definitely presenting his life. Uh, and the and the things that he does, and he had like actual advice that was good for planners, which was I was really surprised. He said that so he's like, all right, so I'm an entertainer, uh, and our job is to captivate and engage people. Uh, if I was planning something, uh, you know, for you know corporate or whatever else, I would bring somebody like me in and and ask my opinion about things, uh, not just my what I do, but your whole thing. He goes, I, I'd answer, you know, like I know a lot about in entertaining people and a lot of people keeping people's attention. Um, that's what I think about all the time. And I was like, oh, yeah, like if you had a marquee entertainer and you had, you know, you could be like, so, hey, just as long as I got you on the phone, like we're, we're, we're worried about engagement this year. Or and then he's like, I, he's like, I'm telling people now the the feeling of being in an audience is an energy that people miss and crave. Uh, and it makes people feel really good. He goes, I would do more things where I'd have more bigger spaces with more people as opposed to breaking people out in small groups, um, hmm. which oh. I don't know well, if I necessarily next, always like, agree with. But, you know, yeah. but it was an it was an angle and he was thinking about more or less meetings, um, which, again, I don't have I have really low expectations when I see like celebrities on things like that. Right. Like Penn and Teller came out, did a couple of tricks and left, you know, like that. I, I like them a lot for what they do, but they. They just, you know, they're like, who are these people? It doesn't matter. And they just did some tricks and left. Um, but uh, he mm-hmm. he was he was into it. He talked about how to be on and engaged in screen in front of screens, too, which is interesting. Mm. Um, talking about like virtual events and stuff like that. Um, he, he really I mean, I, I think he he cared. It was. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. I have, I have a good question. So obviously you said there wasn't a ton of amazing aha moment stuff. And Tui, please feel free to ask any questions. Tui's just in the zone listening right now. But um, what's something that you were like, wow, that was just bad? Like, oh, like a, I like, would have like, never. Don't I, do now that. I've, I didn't, or I didn't, especially if it's something you said I wouldn't, you wouldn't think about, but then you saw it and you're like, oh, wow, yeah, that like doesn't work. That's a great question. I mean, it was a, so it was the hottest day in uh, Las Vegas history in June uh, while we were there. Uh, so it was 115 degrees. Um, uh, one of the days and it was about 113 most of the other days. So, um, you know, we had a pool party outside when it was 110 oh, degrees for four hours. So, um, and, and I was thinking we were talking, we were like, 
um, you know, cool venue. First, first uh, uh, thing that's happened in that at that space. So it's like you know, these deals are made ahead of time and all that fun stuff. So you know, it is what it is. Um, but boy, is there a lot of empty spaces in Las Vegas probably for you know for people right now, right? I mean, I'm sure that there's there were probably options. Um, it did have a good view. Uh, there was a pool. Um, there was secret little hidden places um, where you could go and get some air conditioning. Um, and mm-hmm. people ran into there like it was a you know. Uh, something that was an issue. Um, so, you know, uh, 115 degrees is uh, is a rough, rough time to have, a, have an outside party. Uh, outside of that, I mean, I'm trying to think of things that I would never do. I, I got to um, follow up for you. Do you think people's tolerances for that kind of shit is lower than that's ever been? Because they're like, I've been in an air conditioned house. Like, I don't have to deal with being out in 115. No, Whereas, like, other way around. I think people were so happy to be around people that they and have something to talk about and whatever. Good. Like, I, I really think that, like, people, I mean, it wasn't, like, it wasn't angry. Like, even that of being around, you know, being in 110 degrees at 10 o'clock at night, uh, it, no one was, like, super miffed about it. And they actually held on to uh, a fair amount of those people for a, a good percentage of that event. Uh, the entertainment was really good, too. They had this guy that was, like, a DJ slash uh, a violinist, and he was, like, just just super engaging and, and just crushing it. Like, I, I rarely say that about entertainment. I just don't even notice it most of the time, but... He was super, super engaging. Uh, and I don't know. Like, I hadn't seen live entertainment also in, in a year, right? So <laughs> yeah, uh, sure. all of it, all of it, just the, just the energy of people. Um, you just didn't want to miss it. So um, we were at the first event, uh, a large, uh, large event at the Raiders New Stadium. Um, oh, and cool. uh, yeah. that, that, was, that was really great. I mean, to being all, so the whole event took place on the uh, – on the field. On the field. Yeah. And then they had like tours <laughs> like, and stuff. What's the word where they played the, the game on? <laughs> the, the grassy stuff. Um, and it was uh, it was really cool. I mean, just to be able to do something first always feels, you know, obviously good mm-hmm. for anybody. Like, that's a good feeling. Uh, and then that kind of like VIP thing where we got to go in the locker rooms and, you know, the press rooms and all that stuff always feels kind of cool. Uh, tons and tons of F&B. I would say uh, that was one of the things that was most impressive is the fact that like the food and beverage... I had such low expectations based on COVID, you know, era stuff Mm -hmm. as far as like cold sandwiches and bags uh, and that kind of stuff. But like even like uh, Caesars really had smartly done warm food in um, like really cool. I was like, I'm looking at it from the other perspective, too. I'm like, this looks expensive. Like, are they are they? They losing out on this because like I was like the, the very like hard plastic everything and um, mm-hmm. you know just really like upscale presentations for all the stuff uh, and then just lots and lots of staff in order to replenish because it takes up so much more room uh, because things were individually mm-hmm. packaged so I looked at that and I was like this looks really expensive um, but uh, you know not to the like point of like oh you know look at me but more a point of like I want everyone to be profitable. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there wasn't like a big gaff or anything like that. I think people were were looking for it maybe um i think everyone was on top of their game uh one of the coolest things i think they did is they 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 kicked off the whole thing with like this celebration of one of their um their team members who is uh like a uh uh like a captain uh of like a like a server captain and uh that she'd been there for like 20 years and like she laid off for a number of months but then she got to come back this last week and that she, you know, all this other stuff that she's done and like she donates her time and uh, they gave her like flowers and like 2500 bucks and, you know, brought her on stage. And I think that... Who did that? Uh, Was Caesars. it WEC or Caesars did? Caesars did, that's yeah. Amazing. That's how they used their time, uh, you know, on stage. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, it wow. felt really I good. 
in that crowd. You know what I mean? Like, especially when like you were uh, engaged to it, too, I'm sure. Oh, I remember exactly how much you got paid, even weirdly. Uh, I, I just remember I remember <laughs> the flowers. Yeah, I mean, it was it was cool. It was just really and she was she better family there. Um, I just think that like people in the service industry um, now, especially um, we're a little bit more uh, we're a little bit more united maybe we're a little bit more appreciative aware, aware yeah uh, of all yeah. the people that like make things happen and like how many people got sacrificed uh how many people yeah. had the worst year of their lives um to see something like that and like they i, I guarantee you they could have used that time because i know how this stuff works they could have used that time for marketing messaging and saying you know whatever yeah i think i think they they did the best marketing yeah that was that's killer i'm like did. totally i love this idea <laughs> and i'm super impressed yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah i'm, I'm, super, I'm super engaged with that idea 100 percent yeah. Did you did you feel like I'm trying to figure out how to put this question. So, did you feel like people were spending less money like from an attendee's mm. perspective? Like you you were talking about how um a lot of people stuck around at the event. Now usually what happens is you go to the event and then you break off and you've got like other things that you go and do and spend money and have dinners and you know, cuz one of the you know one of the things that I'm thinking about is I'm like getting ready to go to a conference in a few weeks is like my budget to go to this conference is very different than it was in 2019. Hmm. And did you did you feel like maybe attendees were spending less? It's hard to judge, I yeah, know. Yeah, it's hard but... to judge, I guess. That's a good question. I I would say maybe, uh but I think that maybe it was just a, a um I think that two things. One, I think that there was there was less attendees at WEC and there has been a WECs in the past. So the people who did go were serious about it. Um, and they were right. either there for biz dev and like really needed to like work the group uh, or they were top level people and um, they were, you know, really invested in this as well. Uh, I do think that like there were a lot less people pooling off from uh, the events than to go out to their private dinners and things like that. Um, but, uh, I think that's mostly from the, the place of, uh, people were really talking like it was right. every time it, like the hallways were loud with talking. I uh, like we recorded a video and we just couldn't, the audio is terrible. I mean, it's, it's, it, it is, it is what it is, but, um, it was because everyone was talking in the hallways nonstop. Right. So it could be people longing to see each other and spend time with each other, people, better events, um, better opportunity, less people there. So the events aren't such a, like just such chaos that it's like, okay, I came, I want to go. I never felt like... overwhelmed with the volume of people, I suppose that at 1200. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I also think that like there were, there were a, there was an event every night, obviously, I guess. Um, and I didn't go to the president's dinner one. That was like the night where I was like, okay, this is the night I'm not going to do something. Um, but uh, so I, I can't speak to that one specifically, even though I know a lot of people that went to that. Uh, but the other events, like they were all like the first, you know, like the Caesars Forum. It was the first large event at Caesars Forum. So people wanted to wow. see that. Uh, and then uh, the the Raiders, that was the first large event or of any event of that scale. They're calling large that group. Right. So uh, the largest event they've had thus far uh, in that space and really the first one of, of it since it's kind of like opened. Uh, and then the same thing with that pool we were at same deal. So th the other thing is, is like each one of the spaces kind of like was, um, for people who plan events, like they like to see those things, right. you know, it's not just like, Oh, yeah. it's another event at the Dre's. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah. I've had good nights at Dre's. Though. I, honestly, like I, I actually had that conversation. You with actually somebody remember there. Dre's them? is the only 
uh, or that the rendezvous uh, at IMAX uh, is the only event that is uh, the same every single year, and no one complains about that. Like, so imagine like people are like any other event. You're like, well, we did that last year, and like that's the thing that everyone's like, oh, we did that last year. Imagine doing the same thing every year, every year, every year, and people are like, I love it. And I think I think it's because like there's so much going on that week. It's the one thing that you know is like you can you can rely yeah, on it. Yeah, you can rely you on know it. What's going to sure. happen? Yeah. But totally if I don't have time to talk to you, I'll see you, Trace. Yeah, love it. Tui. <laughs> it's actually been fun listening to your perspective. You always say the same. Thing. I mean, you were there. I was the only one. Tui, Tui's no longer a host of the podcast. She's just a listener of the Brooker. I'm yeah. just. <laughs> Too, you know these are recorded, right? Been, so you can like, you know, I've been listen at any time you, know you, you want. Guys, I was listening to our podcast <laughs> until I found out that you guys don't listen to our own episodes. I was. I, I listen to ones I'm I, not on, if that's fair. I listen to ones I'm not on. Yeah. Just to make yeah. sure you guys aren't. Just make sure you guys are on topic. Sure. Well, good. I'm always disappointed. Sorry. <laughs> just kidding. Too, you got anything, anything, qu- question, comments, or anything? Are you, are you a, changing how you're thinking about the events that you're going to be attending soon, too? I mean, you're going to be going to some. I have been attending events, and one thing that resonated that you said was, um, in a good way, like, one that I just recently came back from, Smart Meetings, SoCal Experience, the the AV got wacky, and I was like, whoa, I miss mishaps like this. Like, I forgot how it feels. When, and the positive to that is the, the keynote speaker was so professional and just rolled with it. Like it wasn't even a thing. And I was like, yes, like rallying for the event professionals. And so it's nice to see us coming back, doing what we're good at doing. And yeah. And it was cool seeing all the updates from everyone that was there in person. I didn't attend was there a virtual component or was it just live? Yeah, there, yeah, there was yeah. a virtual component. Uh, it was about okay, one so third uh, of the attendees. Um, and it was, um, they had content that they were producing uh, live uh, right there in a kind of a, one of those, you know, kind of gla- glass studio type things uh, that MPI and PCMA do pretty regularly um, where they were bringing people in. So you saw that kind of energy and that buzz. Um, so people got to see that content. And then there was also like different like screens and stuff that were there that you could see, um, you know, some of what are the things that people were saying that they had actually on um, on screens that were just in the hallway. So you can kind of like read the chat, which was interesting. But well, I, I would say that, you know what, now that I think about it, there is one thing that I would say that that um, that would I would that it wasn't awesome, uh, in my opinion, is that it was definitely, in my opinion, not a hybrid event. Two totally separate events, two totally separate groups, no overlap whatsoever, no continuity, no connection uh, between them two, no level of belonging probably between one or the other. It was, um, there was the experience that they were trying to sell and then there was the second class uh, uh, experience on the other side. The virtual attendees. I'm still watching that. I mean, I really, I think there's a lot of, I think that as many people are enthusiastic and positive about hybrid events and uh excited about the possibilities um event professionals might might they're gonna i think they're gonna do their their due diligence to to uh, squash that um uh what do you call it uh positive momentum because they want to go back Mm -hmm. to the things that they're comfortable doing i'm scared of it interesting i I mean darwinism is darwinism and clients make decisions but um i think that they'll sway the clients away from a lot of the opportunities that exist because they they still you know like they, they, some of they them, don't know how to do it or they're worried 
They don't want to do it. I don't think it's. Oh. They don't know how to. I, yeah. I don't think they want to do it. They didn't get into the they events industry because they like to, you know, uh, live stream, yeah. lead gen, and, yeah. or broadcast. Yeah. Interesting. They don't want to do it. Sa- they don't want to make sacrifices when it comes to budget. They don't want to like. I think there's a lot of reasons. Budget yeah, comes up a choice lot. on like the caviar yeah. or having a high quality 4K live stream with the crane. They're yeah. going to choose the caviar every time yeah. because they're hospitality people because they. They get to see people in the eye because they they understand that world better than they understand the world of numbers and uh, and and that kind of stuff. And I'm going to tell you, like, it's going to be the agencies and, and maybe maybe Europe will be a different you know category. But the agencies are the other way around and they don't care about caviar or they don't care about uh, that <laughs> stuff. They just care about uh, numbers and they care about ROI. Uh, so who, I, I just don't want to split. You know what I mean? I don't want an events industry that, um, you know had an opportunity to embrace something else uh didn't and then another part of it gains ground because they have the ability to um to think you know in in more flexible ways so there was a lot of talk about um i I can't i'm so excited that we don't have to do virtual events anymore and i'm like well (laughs) and then you're like oh gosh okay so let me i mean not not from a self-serving standpoint like whatever uh I, i just from a standpoint of like Geez, there's more options, you know, like uh, for me, it's like if there's new, if there's more opportunities, like the answer really is I, I'm excited that we have more choice. I'm not yeah, saying virtual events are the right thing all the time, but uh, you shouldn't, you shouldn't have an emotional attachment maybe to something. Uh, uh, I mean, I guess you're going to, but uh, when the, the, the truth should be whatever is best for this event is the answer, mm-hmm. not what's best for you and your comfort. Yep. Uh, okay. I agree. I was gonna say the 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 interesting thing I think about the, not only the want to and this is why I asked if they knew how to too, but I've also just noticed that um, you know an event that I'm attending coming up um, is also struggling. That I, like I'm not a supplier on it, obviously, because otherwise I would not be sharing this story. But um, that they just don't know how to do the things that they're needed. Like, and I'm not sure if it's because they're very busy and they haven't had time, but like. I was expecting that, like, they – and this is probably my one dig, and I, uh, I'll put my bias in the front that obviously I'm biased against uh, companies like Encore because I competed with them for so long and still technically do compete with them. But that I expected that they went a whole year, you know, and, yeah, they had to downscale their staff, so they probably lost a little bit of momentum. But, you know, with how much content I saw them publishing, all these guides on how to do events the right way and here's how you do it, just, like, how much no one – in these some of these companies know how to do what this hybrid event stuff it, it's kind of like shocking to me in some ways too and i think that's not you take the we don't know how to do it so therefore it sounds complicated and doesn't then therefore to a planner when it sounds complicated it sounds not exciting and you're worried about like fear of failure and all these things like that then then take it on the comfort zone thing it's just I, it's almost creating this perfect storm now of complacency like you're talking about um that mm-hmm. there's you can if you don't know how to do it and you don't want to do it then you never are going to grow. Mm-hmm. So. Depends how small businesses are too. So if the business is small enough, they don't have to do things they're not comfortable with doing. Uh, and yeah. the events industry is notoriously made up of tons and tons of small businesses. So um, that's that's to me is the big fear of this idea of like the traditional what, what we believe as what we know our friends etc. Uh, of the events industry um, being made up of all these little tiny small businesses that that get to make decisions. Um, that are emotional, and then uh, the only people that would roll in would be the larger organizations that don't think like that and simply create 
uh, and do the things that are required to meet uh, the needs of the clients. And I could imagine the small businesses getting steamrolled uh, because uh, of decisions that they've made for comfort as opposed to growth. And I, I feel like we should have all hopefully learned to be um, less comfortable um, and, and find comfort and discomfort, if that makes sense. Um, and, and know that, you know, like things that you rely on won't always be there. Um, so if you're um, thinking to yourself, oh, boy, well, this event made it seem like everything's back to the way it was. You don't want that, really. You, you, want, you, want, to, um, you want to have learned something from this. And you also want to change because um, the people who were even at the highest level of that WEC, what was most notice, notable were uh, besides the CVBs, everyone else who was the biggest sponsors of that and the most representatives of that uh, groups were the technology companies. And mm -hmm. they're here to stay. The, billions yeah. of dollars have been spent over the last uh, few months in uh, in those uh, organizations. So they're not going anywhere. Um, who works with them and who leverages them in order for uh, their clients' needs to be met is either going to be you uh, or it's going to be someone else. And mm -hmm. uh, knowing how to work with them and knowing how to do that stuff, like I would say that there's probably been more money dumped into the events industry since COVID than there was before it, uh, which is oh, weird. I agree. But um, yeah. if you yeah. count virtual, it's it's literally billions of dollars. LinkedIn didn't care yeah. about the events industry really <laughs> uh, right. until post COVID, right? Like they weren't putting right. $2 billion into right. Cvent or uh, Eventbrite, you know, like they didn't care about that, you know, like, Oh, registration, who cares? Uh, but they did see uh, a content channel and uh, a way to reach people and a way to change people and a way to leverage their data in a meaningful way in the form of virtual events. So uh, those people know what they're doing. Um, and you can work with uh, that or you can ignore it and put your head in the sand. Uh, I will say that there's probably going to be a period of time where it'll look like you'll be okay being able to do that. Uh, but based on the investments that are made and based on uh, the larger enterprise organizations that have seen success in virtual, it's not going to last. All right. I got, I got a question, final question for you, Nick. Sure. So accumulate all this opinion and thought process and experience they went to. Now I'm going to ask you the question that I think that we all want to know the answer to. We will only know once we start planning these events is now that you've gone to the in-person experience, would you come back for the in-person experience? But let's say, for example, they fix the virtual experience or level it up in some ways. It sounds like it was kind of meh. Yeah. Would, would you come back to the in-person experience now with what you experienced? Or are you going to say, you know what? Uh, it's a maybe. Like, are you hell yeah, like you would always be for a WC as you would normally be, or are you more of a maybe no? Uh, I would go to the face-to-face -face event, yes. Um, and the reason why is it's international, uh, so I have the opportunity to see people um, who uh, in face-to-face, -face, uh, and it's a confluence of, of, like, so many different interests in the events industry, uh, from uh, tech to venues to planners of all kinds of different disciplines. Like, it's not hyper-specialized. Um, there's just a lot of uh, different uh, people there that are just like real potpourri. So like my opportunity for serendipitous, um, um, you know, exchanges is super high. Where in virtual events, I have zero serendipitous stuff. It ends up being I, mean, I have the this, meetings. Is this at all because this is the first industry conference that you go back to? And do you think your opinion will change once you've gone to a couple of them? I think I will reduce some of them. Uh, and I will I don't think I'll go to all the same face to face events I will, but I probably would still go to WEC uh, mostly because um, 
it's there's enough people that go to that that are at the top of their game um, that I would go to that. Do you know what I mean? I mean, the, now, yeah, I, there yeah, are yeah. some middle events that I historically went to because um, there was uh, because I always went to them. Uh, frankly, you know, it's just a, in a habit, uh, and the habits broke, and I probably wouldn't go back. Uh, WEC, uh, IMAX, probably convening leaders. Uh, it's going to be a handful instead of two handfuls now, I think. Uh, and honestly, if it's really disproportionately about the content and less about the who attends, I'm probably less likely to attend face to face. That's yeah. my feeling. I, I don't. I, I have very little interest in attending. Uh, uh, face-to-face events for content now, which is strange. Yeah, for sure. Uh, admittedly, as someone who produces content for face-to-face events, you know, myself, I just, I don't know, I'd rather watch it at my leisure, on demand, you know, pause it, come back to it, whatever, and I'd rather spend my face-to-face time in the hallways having conversations with who knows who and, and really making human connections. Uh, so if you've so got not, a so... Yeah, if, if it's okay. gated high, you know, high caliber... Uh, are higher caliber people, um, then I think I'll, I'll probably still want to attend. So face like, to face. If, if I were to summarize your experience and let me know if I'm, if I'm wrong, like I didn't hear anything where you were like, Oh my gosh, this was just the most incredible event that I've ever gone to. And I yet, walked out of like, a lot hey, of content. I'm going to come back because of the, because of the awesome people. It sounds like there might be a good message also for planners who are listening that you don't have to like make this um, like if you're planning an event probably in the next three months it doesn't have to be don't over program perfect event don't overthink it just get people together yeah and you're probably going to be able to keep that attendee and they'll still be happy and come back i mean know your audience always right and in this instance this uh most of the time most audiences especially when it comes to associations where it's about community um and it's about uh you know uh belonging and it's about uh you know feeling like you're part of something uh, if those are things that your event has as part of its DNA, um, don't overprogram it. Don't overthink it. Just bring people together and, and create different spaces and different opportunities to come together. Um, and, and know that with the things that people crave right now are the things that most event people love. Hospitality, uh, you know, talking, networking, soft stuff. We haven't had a lot of soft. We've had a lot of hard metrics and data and numbers and and, you know, uh, you know, lead generation and all that fun stuff. And that's here to stay. But, you know, the pendulum swings this way and it'll swing the other way and it'll eventually even out. But we're on the other side now. So embrace it. The next six months, just just make your event in the hallway. <laughs> hey, just you'll get a gymnasium. On, uh, ballroom, you'll save on ballroom yeah, space. That's just for get sure. a big gymnasium <laughs> and, uh, you know, let pe- and then have some, uh, you know, whatever, have some live polling and you get to call it a day. We don't care where you put us. Just let us get together. Honestly. I mean, I was outside at 110 degrees networking for five hours. Think about that. I don't. That's not that's not very comfortable. Uh, I stayed the <laughs> and, entire and time. It's funny because then we talked about this in the, the last episode about how I, I attended the 15,000 person event. I said it was 120 degrees. It was hot as hell. It, I didn't even wasn't even that excited for the artist. Like and I still went and thought it was so incredible and such so amazing. So that won't I last. Right. You know, like yeah, you're not yeah, going to. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Four, four more music festivals. I'm going to be back to I'm picking and choosing and, like, yeah. you know, it, it, my standards will be much higher. But, yeah. I, but right I, now, I it's just that. give people – give people know the pulse of your community. If your community is uh, missing out on people, give them people. Give them people in every way you can. Love it. Dustin, Tui, any final thoughts? Take no, I am looking forward to going to Miami in a few weeks. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. See yeah. all my event prof friends, and uh, I've 
don't have a single concern about anything other than going and connecting with folks. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Absolutely. Stay tuned. I think we're going to have a couple episodes coming up where we're all starting to go back to industry events. So we're going to keep this live coverage of our transitions back into the live events industry as well into industry conferences, just similar to the way that I think we did our IMAX episode. Uh, was like episode two or three or so. Um, well, I think you guys all <laughs> Oh, like that was that, a so. different – so, what a different time. What that a different was. days. And then we spent <laughs> two years just what talking optimistic about people those were. Um, oh, Lord. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Yeah, Nick, Nick take us home. And uh, leave them with a question of the day. Yeah. So uh, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, if you are attending a face-to-face event uh, coming up this uh, this year, tell us what you're looking forward to the most. I'm really curious to see um, what is the part that you miss over the last year that you anticipate being the thing that is going to make your experience. Uh, you can do that by emailing us at uh, probably eventbrew at, at helloendless.com. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I know that. I, I gave it like a half second of like, and of like, what you're doing the, the like the gra- You were literally grasping the air. Yeah, it's <laughs> uh, like I gotta come and help. It's there, and I, I did grab it. Uh, yeah, so eventbrew at helloendless.com. Uh, you can use uh, probably hashtags. You can use the social medias. You can use uh, a, a rotary phone. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, um, we're really just uh, excited to uh, have the opportunity to engage with our friends again uh, in any way we can. Beautiful. All right. Well, thanks everybody well, for fine. tuning into Event Brew. We'll see you next time on Event Brew, Brew Events. Event Brews. Brews Events. Brew, Brewing Brew. Events. Who brew? Brewing Events. Brew 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 Brew. Brew Brew. Oh, I like that. Brew Brew. Brew Brew. Bye. Thanks again for listening to Event Brew. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, be sure to head over to eventbrew.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. Ask a follow-up question or tell us what topics you want to hear covered. See you next time on Event Brew. Event Brew.